So welcome everyone to the Relationship Warrior podcast. We have an amazing guest today, David Avocado-Wolf. David, welcome. Right on. Thanks for having me. This is great. Uh, this is awesome. Now, David's uh, in Hawaii right now and we're over in Los Angeles. So David, you have an amazing career right across uh, you know, health and you've branched into many other areas you know, over the years and you've got an amazing uh, following on social media. So we'd like to dive in and like just explore your life if that's okay with you. Sure. <laughs> that sounds great. And what a good time to do it. I've been, I've been home now for about five weeks and uh, that's about as long as it gets. I mean, I, I, I haven't been in one place for more than four weeks in 25 years. Oh not even God. here, not even on this trip. I did jump over to another island and just got back. So, um, but this is the longest I've been home in a, in many many years. Okay, so and, and really I guess well, that's part of the lifestyle, isn't it? That you're always busy, you're always doing things, you're always out there uh, publicly. So, how did you how did you start this career? How did you really get into health, and and why did you get into it? What happened? Well, it, it you know there's certain things. You know, there's an old Roman phrase that says. Those who uh, go against their fate, that, or what, those who deny their destiny, the fates will drag. Those who align with the destiny, the fates will carry. Love and it. um, it's just aligning with your fate and your destiny. And my destiny is natural medicine. Both my parents are medical doctors. They're trained as MDs. Wow. Um, my dad's also trained as an osteopath. So he has tremendous kind of quote-unquote chiropractic capabilities but more down the traditional osteopathic route from trained in the UK, trained in London actually. Okay. And, um, you know, my dad was a, was a family doctor in a small town, Seaside Heights, New Jersey, actually, which is, if you've ever heard of the Jersey Shore TV show, yeah. my dad was the doctor in that town from 1965 until night until we moved away from there in 1980. Wow. And, um, he did every emergency surgery, surgery. Many times I saw those surgeries right in front of me because as a child, you know, they, the person wouldn't make it. They weren't going to survive to the hospital, which is 20 miles away. And, um, he'd have to do the surgery right there. Like, you know, people who are high, you know, typically they were high on cocaine or, or al always alcohol was involved. And so even as a little kid, I saw that. And, um, and that's what got me oriented towards health and healing. And then in 1977, we went on a family trip to my uncle's farm. Well, it wasn't even a farm then. It was in East San Diego. He, my uncle worked for Ralston Purina Corporation in St. Louis, and he was transferred to the head of Food Maker, which is Jack in the Box fast food restaurants owned by Ralston Purina in San Diego. And that brought, eventually brought our whole family to, to California because he went there, he bought a farm. We planted all those fruit trees in 1977, 78, 79. Those trees are still there. That's what really got me into farming. I've been growing avocados now for 40 years. Wow. You know, Love so it's not just like, message came right finally after all these years, you know, I've been on it all, all this time, you know, with the, with the avocado message and, you know, switch, which by the way, the avocado messages switch out meat and cheese for avocado and you'll be a lot happier. Yeah. And, um, anyway, so that that's, it's kind of a, it's two sided, you know, there's the one side of my parents and my, you know, my genetics. And then the other side is, is my history growing food. And, you know, when you put that together that you got the makings for an avant-garde nutritionist right there. 
What I find, uh, you know, always fascinating about people's lives is it's just these little tiny events that occur, like, you know, being there with your uncle and that's just taking you on this path. Okay, it started to build with your dad and, and getting into like helping people and then you came across this in San Diego and it's like, boom. It, it really, it's really amazing, you know, because it, that, that grew into the farms that I run today. You know, I've run two organic farms and, and this farm here is certified biodynamic Rudolf Steiner biodynamic Noni land. Yep. And uh, this, you know, I've got 40 avocado trees here. Um, I'm learning stuff all the time. Yesterday was an incredible day. There was an avocado tree that we had cut down on the border of the property just because my neighbor was like, can you, can you deal with that? And so there's a huge one there. I'm like, I'm not dealing with that one, but I'll deal with the smaller ones because, you know, they drop their avocados and a lot of times we miss it and those yep. will grow new trees. So I had to go in there and deal with a bunch of those. And those logs had sat in that jungle for a year. And I, I saw a phenomenon I'd never seen before, which is the actual log itself regrew the avocado tree wow. um, without rooting. So the, the log didn't actually set roots down. There was just so much mana. This is Hawaii. We call, we talk about mana, which is life force energy yep. in the, you know, it's, and it's my avocados, you know, that's, I, I am accumulating some of the energy, of course, for, on the idea of avocado getting it, um, getting it popularity, you know, some, at some level it does kind of come through me. And in this particular instance, there was a log sat, several of them that sat on the floor of the forest that had so much mana in it that it was growing a new tree, several new trees. And I pulled those logs out and dragged them right under the house here. And I'm going to, I'm going to photograph it and film it today. It's a phenomenon. I've never seen that phenomenon in 40 years growing avocados. Wow. Fantastic. I need, that, I need that to happen in my garden. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's like, you know, Hawaii is these volcanic islands have, that's why the, the term mana has stuck here. And they, the Hawaiians probably picked it up from the, the Egyptians who definitely visited here. Um, yeah. If you talk to the Hawaiians where they came from, there's definitely a part of the Hawaiian nation. It's like part of us came from Egypt. Um, and the words are the same. Mama. We were in Maui uh, last year for, uh, we hold a meditation retreat every year. We, we did it in Maui. And like yeah. we got off the plane uh, in Maui, you know, and just as we exited, you can just feel that it's energy. In the air. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Absolutely incredible. So from San Diego, when, when you saw that and you started, okay, you know, there's this feeling that comes up, this is where I've got to do. How did you then, like, develop the business? And literally, it is a business with a mission, obviously, that you've developed because that's a whole bunch of different skills, right? Like, to pull in all a lot of different skills, together, you know, to do everything you're doing. And that's, we know, like, it's a massive task. How did you get when into I was, that? When I was um, 14 years old, my mom, and so we eventually moved to San Diego. 1980, we moved to San Diego. Not to my uncle's farm. We started, you know, we moved to a house, of, like, kind of in the suburbs, closer to San Diego City, Mission yep. Valley, actually, and very close I played little league baseball in Grantville and it's called Grantville because it was granted by the Spanish crown. I grew up in the neighborhood right where the Spanish civilization in California started. Right. Right at the, the, um, the mission, the San Diego mission, the original, yep. um, what was his name? Father Sarah mission that was put right there. I grew up in that neighborhood. Yep. So that was also an interesting thing about my childhood is that, um, growing up in, in that it's, we just had a very, it was just very, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a cool story because it started me on to, um, I, I really have a deep love for history and the history of California and why California became what it was and what it is today. And it's a lot of that I grew up with because when I was in schools, that's what we were educated about. 
you know, yeah. we were educated about Father Sarah, how the Spaniard, Spaniards came there, the Spanish missionaries, the San Diego mission, all that stuff. Yes. Anyway, coming back to the point is, you know, the, um, when I was 14 growing up in that community, my mom sent me to a camp in, in one summer, 1984 with my brother and it was called super camp. It's still going, it's still a popular camp today. And they teach you speed reading, accelerated learning, or, you know, different types of learning styles. And I began to understand that, you know, for example, the importance of reading, the importance of saturating yourself with positive information, the importance of studying a subject really in depth if you want, really want to learn it with all the tools that we have today, which is really you know, voluminous with audio, visual, kinesthetic, you know, you can get, you can go to a class, you can learn it right there. So I started to really understand that that was an important thing. And by the time I was 18, I had committed myself to reading every single book in my house. Wow. And I read every single book in my house. I read a thousand books at least. And that's probably what really kicked me off into, into, into it because I had learned from Tony Robbins when I first met him in 1984 at super camp that you can learn anything. You, it's, there's nothing about you that's different than anybody else who's a genius. It's just they're doing something different than you are. And it's and, so true. Like success leaves clues. And we've interviewed, you know, a lot of people. And, and just that one piece you just gave us there, like that is so common amongst people that have made an impact um, in, in other people's lives that they start off. And I'm the same. You know, yeah. I, I just love reading, love absorbing anything new. And that's so common to people that actually are successful and make a difference. You know, like, you know, just when, I'm, just when we got on this call, um, I'm, I'm also, one of my alter egos is I am a cosmic plumber, and I, I am a really good plumber, and I fix plumbing correctly in the sense of, like, awesome. it's not come, just fixing the pipes. I have spiral that. pipes built in. Yeah, I'm an excellent plumber, and, I, and I'll make your plumbing the best plumbing that's possible with the, you know, Victor Schauberger style, with the flow forms built into the line, the whole thing. And so mm -hmm. I've been disassembling our washing machine right here, and, and I realized, you know what? I don't need to call a plumber. I don't need to call someone to fix that washing machine. I can fix it. I can figure it out. And it's that mentality that's the mentality of the entrepreneur. Yeah. Is I can figure this out. No one's smarter than, than you know, anybody else. It's just that where you put your focus. Yes. And it's, you know, plumber's not some genius. They just have had experience. And I can get that experience off of off the internet. I know. I can look at and see how, how things can be fixed. And um, so I spent the last month on that washer going through every part trying to figure it out. I think today I finally figured it out because I took it all apart. Every single piece, there's nothing broken until today I found I think, a broken part. I think you enjoy the challenge. It's a, yeah, and that's, that, you know, that's the mindset of an entrepreneur. Now, other people would be like, look, I've got to deal with my kids. I've got to deal with this. I don't want to deal with a washer. I'm hiring someone to do that. And that's the mindset of somebody who can be a very good mother or a very good employee or a very good secretary or very good, you know, very good in a position at work. And you've got to know the difference and you've got to know who you are, mm. right? Some people are entrepreneurs and they're entrepreneurially minded. Some people are not. And you just need to know yourself. You need to know like, hey, will you stay up all night to solve a problem? Yes. Um, will, can you deal with a crisis in the moment on the fly, you know, with the stress that ensues from that, it, that's just the mindset of an entrepreneur. You have to be able to deal with that kind of stuff. And, and some people are like it, some people are not. And I'm one of those people who's like that. I'm, I'm the kind of person I'll stay up for days if that's what it takes to get the problem fixed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We get it. Yeah. We're, we're the same. We're the same. So, yeah. So you, you have that. Yeah. So moving on from, um, super camp, 
So that obviously had a big impact on you in terms of, okay, this is going to open my mind up. One path that I can take is let's go down this path of just absorbing so much that I can possibly get. How did you then develop from there? What happened next? The next thing was, is I kept going with what, with what I was doing in school. So I was going, I went to the UC Santa Barbara. I've been trolled on this heavily, so I'm going to just slam anybody who's, who, if you want to question my education. See, what's happening now is because I come from their system, the system yes. that's in place, yes. and I criticize that system. So then what happens is they come at me with, you didn't actually have that education. So I goaded them into that for a long time. Like, okay, keep, keep coming in with your claims. Keep coming with your claims. And then I dumped onto them my actual education and, and the years and all the specifics so that I could catch them lying. Right. Because a lot of these people who claim to be scientific are actually religious fanatics. Yes. But on the other side, they're in scientism. So I found out that the trolling that's going on against alternative medicine, for example, is, is done by people who are not scientific. They're scientismic. Yes. That you have to believe this and you have to believe that and you have to believe this and you have to believe all this stuff to do the scientific method these days. Yep. That's not science. That's a religion. We yes. call it scientism. And so I goaded them in and then I, then I pulled the plug on them. And so my background is I have a degree in mechanical engineering and environmental in engineering from the University of California at Santa Barbara. Both mm -hmm. of those, not just one. They changed it a couple of years later. But I do have both of those, environmental and mechanical engineering. I was the head of the Environmental Law Society when I was at University of San Diego Law School. Mm -hmm. um, I did that for a year, my senior year there, actually, my last year there. Yep. Um, I, I have a degree. I have a master's degree in nutrition um, from the University of Integrated Sciences in San Diego, actually, in Encinitas. And um, geez, let me think. I've got also a degree in political science um, from yeah. the University of California at Santa Barbara. And I have studied numerous institutions, including um, University of Missouri, UC Santa Barbara, UCLA, um, and a number of, of um, colleges that are, you know, like, like we called them community colleges back in the day. Sure. So, and, you know, that, that fits in with the system and that's great. And you, you put that up and you go, okay, you guys get lost because... I've, yeah, this, I've this done their right system. Off. I did their system for... for I had nine years of upper education. Just, you know, throwing that we, out we, there. We will both know, David, there's, there's other ways of gaining education, right? There's experience uh -huh, uh -huh. And, and there's non-certified um, education, which can, which can be just as good as the certified... That's better. Yeah, right. It's better. I mean, I, I, I'm the biggest critic of the education system of anybody because I've been through it all. It's all BS. It's a massive waste of money and time. Don't waste your money. Don't waste your time. Now, I, I learned way more from books. I learned way from, more from my own research. But geez, when you go, you know, when you start buttoning up against the system, the system doesn't, doesn't want you anymore. They're, they're like, oh my God, this guy's been through our system and doesn't agree with us. We have to get rid of him. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the, but that's but that's great. You know, we're doing the same thing in in relationships. Like um, relationship um, counseling doesn't work. Like it's simply the stats clearly show, right? All the research shows it doesn't work. So there's got to be a better way. And I guess as you went into looking into food, nutrition, health, it just became obvious to you, right? That that what's going on with the system doesn't work. Yes, that's right. Exactly. And that's why I got into this. I mean, basically, it's the losing team. 
Yes. Like if you want to be on the losing team, great. Go, go listen to your average doctor, go to hospitals, take their drugs, do what they're telling you to do. And you'll end up dead, broke or dead by 65. And that's what the st statistics show. And that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So long ago, I realized that, you know, the nutrition side of things was a major, major angle that was being missed even this in the success literature in the super camp world and all that stuff there was just a big gaping gap of like hey this food is sprayed with chemicals like lots of chemicals like 20 different types of chemicals and nobody's talking about it so i, I knew that that was my niche and in, in uh, august of 1994 i began and that's when it started for me really as a professional and that's when i started doing my own that's when we built our first organization, started doing our own talks, and that started in San Diego and, and launched out from there. So it was during while I was going to school. So all that was happening, I thought, okay, something will happen. You know, the, the synchronicities will line up. Things will, will occur, and they did. And eventually, you know, this is all these years later. Jesus is 20. Is it 25 years later? Yeah, about 25 years later. 25 years later. Did your parents try to guide you into medicine? They want, yeah, well, they wanted me to go into law, which I did, and I did a law degree. I have a <laughs> I Juris cannot, Doctor. I cannot imagine you as a lawyer. I'm sorry. It's just, just not going to fly. Yeah, neither, neither can I. It's just the whole thing is just, I mean, lawyers and liars, they're all just lying to each other. The whole thing's a fraud. The, you know, these Nisi Prius courts are actually fraudulent courts. They're not based on the Constitution. They're illegal. They don't have jurisdiction over you. I can go on about that. I know that, see, that's the thing that they were really on to about me is they know whoever they are, the yeah. system, and the people running the systems, people running giant pharmaceutical companies, they know who I am. And I see how they're lying, and I see what kind of scams they're running um, to disturb people and distort people's perceptions. And, and you know, it's basically, it's good against evil. And, and yeah. what's interesting, in our time, the way things are inverted is this entire system is, is run by evil, really. I mean, when you really break it down. You know, and we're all becoming more and more aware of it in um, politics, in business, in, in food manufacturing, in education, healing, in education. And when I say evil, I'm talking about, you know, people aren't conscious that they're doing evil. I think they're doing good, but they're supporting a system that has no love in it, that's become completely mechanistic, that is not connected to the person's emotion, that's not connected to their spirit. In these systems that we have, they're completely devoid of spirit and love. Yes. That's, their, that's actually their, their hallmark. Absolutely. Empty structures. Totally. We, we talk about the fact that the universe is yin and yang. And you can either be aligned with what we call the divine portion of that energy, or it can be aligned with the ego portion of the energy. And so much of our existing systems are aligned to that ego portion. And, yeah, and, and they to, become, they, by nature, they become parasitic. Totally. But you've got, to, you've got to be doing what you're doing, David, which is stand out, be different, prepare to take a stand, get a flag, put it on the top of the hill and go, guys, I mean, it, it's the allegory of the cave, right? It's Plato's thing from 2,000 years ago and we're still doing that shit now. It's and more, you're the guy in the cave, right? And, and they chuck rocks at the guy in the cave and, and chuck him out of the cave and go, dude, you're completely delusional. And he's going, no, dude, you're delusional. Come out of the cave and have a look at the sunlight. Come and look at the lakes. Come look at the food that's out here. You're delusional staying in the cave. The pill for every ill theory is a really big part of the delusion. 
that there's a physical only aspect of somebody's disease or of their healing. Mm-hmm. It's really absurd. You know, that when you really break it down to the brass tacks, the whole idea that there's only a physical aspect of health and healing and of, of disease is so ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, especially in the time that we're in right now, yet the entire hospital system is set up on that. The whole pharmaceutical system is set up on that. The entire doctor medicine system is set up on that theory, which is, that's, that's the example that I want to give everyone listening right now. That's a perfect example of how ridiculous and, and therefore it's, it's because it has no connection to spirit, has no connection to emotion. There's no connection to a person's mental state, just even that, you know, their healing and their disease, just because those things are not factored in, we end up with a parasitic system that's out of sorts with reality. It's out of alignment with reality and it's a losing system where people go into that system and they're lucky if they survive. Um, Now, I know this because I grew up in it. People who didn't grow up in it don't know that. Not only did I grow up in it, but I am still today in touch with people who work in hospitals daily getting full reports of what's happening in that emergency room every single day. People don't know that about me, but I do have spies out there. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. So how did you make that transition from, you know, going from school, um, starting up this, this movement really, and just gaining those skills? Like it's a completely different set of skills. And, and like for most people, it obviously didn't happen overnight, right? 25 years of work to get this this massive profile, this massive following. So initially, it, it was tough for you or did it just happen organically and just start to grow? Well, it happened organically. It started to grow. It started in Southern California. I started doing little events. I was in this entrepreneurial group way back when in, in 94 and they're like, hey, do a talk for us about you. Cause they would see me eating an avocado straight in the audience. Like, you know, when I, when they were talking and they're yeah. like, you want this week, you go up there and tell us what this avocado stuff is about. And like what your deal is about. Okay. So, I, so that was my first talk wow. I, it, on that sub on the subject of health. Yeah. And that was, that was in 1994. So that's how it started. And it just grew from there. It just, you know, then next thing, you know, somebody said, Hey, come over here, do this talk over here and do this talk over there. And next thing, you know, 3000 events later. Wow. Um, so I traveled the world nonstop for years and years and years. I have met, you know, the reason why I know a lot of stuff about health and healing and medicine and what the scams are in hospitals and everything is because I've met the victims in yeah. person. It's yeah. not a, you know, a lot of people are, a lot of, in our culture, part of the, the really dangerous situation in our culture is people actually have no real life experience. It's all a mentation. It's all mental. So for example, he said, she said, he said, she said, they're watching it on TV. Uh, you know, they're going to fall in with this guy because, you know, their education system told them that the pill for every ill theory is correct. That's not real life experience. That's something you saw on a television. That's not, that has nothing to do with reality. And so part of the symptoms of our civilization is people have no real life experience and therefore they're falling into a complete mentation or idea of what's going on rather than experience of what's going on. Look, David, that is just so true. And, you know, the area that we work in, you know, with relationships and it then falls down from there into, you know, your money, your health, all the different areas of your life. But our main focus is on, you know, relationships and people 
had this idea about how it is and how it works, well, clearly, sorry, guys, you've got it all screwed up. We've got a 60% divorce rate, right, across most of Western society. So That's incredible. Clearly, clearly, we're locked in a system of understanding, a mental system of understanding how men and women are, and it bears no relationship to reality. So we totally get what you're talking about. Well said and well characterized. And it's another example. This comes up, this pattern that we're talking about here comes up repeatedly. Yeah. And, and it is, in fact, you know, basically the, the big symptom of our civilization and what's going on by this, right, the phone and, you know, constantly being on the phone is we're in this kind of like computer generated world that's not actually real. Yes. So that's one of the things I like to do is like, hey, you know, definitely curate your feed for sure. Yeah. Curate your feed. But just because something shows up on your on your phone doesn't necessarily mean it's real, but it might give you an idea about how to investigate what's real. Yeah. And and that's a big part of what I like to do is natural sciences. Yes. And you know what I loved about what you were saying before is there, there's a natural process when you can attach to it of things showing up in reality, in the real world, right? And if you can recognize those things and then follow them, it does just flow. You know, in, in the herbalism world that I come from and, you know, is my main, my main focus, nature is always telling you what to do, right? Mm -hmm. So, the, you know, this now in relationships, you're going to have the same thing. It's going to show up in a different mm -hmm. way, in a different kind of riddle system. But ultimately, it's very sensible and it's super obvious, Yes. You know, as, as we, you know, as you eventually find out, and that's definitely true with, with er, the herbal world. And I'm just thinking of, you know, one of my favorite trees is the Powderarco tree. And it's what the Native Americans made their bows and arrows out of in the Amazon because the wood never rots because you're in a jungle full time. You can't escape. You're, you're not getting on a plane. This is a thousand years ago. So you needed that type of wood that's not going to rot. And when that wood, and that wood is something that you can actually eat, you know, the, you eat the bark of it and it's antifungal. So for, it's very good for fungal conditions um, of which cancer is a fungal condition and candida is a fungal condition and thrush is a fungal condition. So it's good for all those things. Anyway, the bark, when it, when it, when that tree, cause I've grown them from seeds here over all these years, when the tree actually gets to that stage, the bark will split. And it will leave out sections that are easy. You just take a knife and just go, and just take it out. It's yep. just, it tells you what to do. Yeah. You know what, okay. I, you know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah. That's, totally. and, and that's, that is going on in all fields. And this is the thing that the parasitic system that we are in and that we find ourselves in is trying to get us away from our senses. Yes, agreed, totally. Because like you were saying before, it's, it's a mental structure placed over the top of reality. And when you take the mental structure off, you can see the reality standing there in front of you in all these areas we're, we're talking about, right? Well said, exactly. That's, exactly. that's exactly the point that I think anybody... If you're really, really clever, you can let go of your mentation about whatever it is and just see what's in front of you with innocent perception mm -hmm. and you will be astounded. You'll yeah. be astounded. For example, like I was talking to a gal and I was staying with a gal a lot when I was in Toronto who had, um, she had Lyme's disease. And I know at this point, you know, when somebody has Lyme's disease, that there's Japanese knotweed growing usually right in their front yard or in their back garden. It's almost, you know, cause Japanese knotweed is your basic cure or your best medicine against it. So it will grow right, right in front of your face. Wow. 
right? So I said, where is it? She's like, Japanese knotweed. What do you mean? It's like, it's a plant. looks like this, this, or that. She's like, oh yeah, I've been digging that out of the backyard. So I was like, take me over there. So we go to the backyard and there it is popping out as a weed in her backyard intrusively. Wow. I've seen that so much. You see, that stuff breaks down this physical, mechanistic, materialistic BS story that we've gotten sold to us as a religion, and it is a fanatical religion that we call scientism, with all these presuppositions. You have to, first of all, you have to believe in this, you have to believe in that, you have to believe in this, you have to believe in that. It's like, look, the theory of evolution sounds great, but this unconscious part of it, that it's all random, sorry, doesn't sound right to me. Yeah, yeah, there's a mind behind it all, or there's an intelligence driving it. Totally, and you know, what the the system and the people in the system would say, oh, you're part of a cult. You know, David Avocado Wolf is a cult. Uh, Guys, wake up, you're actually in a cult yourselves. We're breaking you out of the cult, (laughs) and we're getting you back to your senses so you can heal yourself and become whole again. And actually, really, you know, ultimately, where it all ends up is, is the, you know, the life we're living here in Hawaii. We, this is the best, we're in the, this is the most unbelievable laboratory for a natural scientist ever imagined. Um, like for example, yesterday I was on the big island of Hawaii picking mushrooms off a lava field. Yeah. I mean, come on, you talk about the things I'm into, medicinal mushrooms and, you know, immunological mushrooms coming off of the fresh new earth coming out. That, that laboratory there is unrivaled in the world you know and so that real that's part of what we call the best day ever yeah yeah absolutely and that's Loving where it's going once you get out of all this programming is basically parasite programming of like you know how oh my god we have to hustle and, and rush for whatever the next material pleasure is or the next mentation or the next fake thing that they're going to be parading in front of you for years and the next thing you find out it's fake or you know you know whatever yeah yeah so is that how you're going to evolve with inner origin I, well, I, what I love about Inner Origin is that they are quality oriented and it's not a joke. So, for example, I am a, uh, we're a certified biodynamic farm, Rudolf Steiner Biodynamic Farm. We're certified organic. I've been certified organic for years on both my farms. Yeah. Um, it's not a joke. There's no chemicals on this property. We're not into chemicals. It, you know, this stuff with these companies, like, it's some kind of joke. Like, okay, let's see how many ing- organic ingredients and then we'll fake this ingredient, put these natural flavorings in. What kind of BS is this? Yes. It's the most ridiculous, absurd, parasitic behavior there is. Yes. We don't deal in chemicals. There's never been a chemical on this farm. And what I like about Inner Origin is just it's the tr- truth on label. You know, it's, it's the truth. You don't have it's to. It's the truth. No big names. There's, you have to go It's home. what I stand for. It's what mm-hmm. I stand for. So I saw, and I, I vetted Sally Ann for many months, and we had met many times, and and I was like, you know what? This sounds good, Sally Ann. It really does. Because you never know, you know, especially with business. You got to really vet people out. You got to vet the business out. Let, let's talk about know. that a little bit more, David. So, like, just, you know, for people that are listening right now. So, when you look at a label, I think one of the things you're talking about in terms of reality, right, is you need to understand what the system is that you're dealing with. So, when you look at a label in a supermarket, it doesn't, it, it might say organic, but you need then to have a look at what proportion of it is actually organic, right? Sometimes it can be five. And sometimes it's five percent of what you're consuming is actually organic. And I wouldn't call that organic. 
we, you know, it's gotten to the point, this is how much I trust that system, which has been lying to us nonstop. I read all the old books, Battling the Food Giants by Paul Stitt. He wrote that in the 60s. What, you know, my God, I've I've been through the whole thing of what we're dealing with out there with those kinds of empires. Here's where I'm at. I grow all my own food. We make all our own food on the land. This, our food comes from this land. It comes from this earth. We don't buy food. We don't need to buy food from a store. That's where it's come to for me because none of that stuff that you buy from a store, ultimately, unless you know the farmer and where that stuff is coming from, you, can you really trust unless you've got a system like what Inner Origin has where they're vetting it out with multiple people looking, going through, and every single month, what, you know, what, what's the deal with this product? get rid of this ingredient or we can't carry your product. It, unless you've got an organization like that standing in front of you, yes. are, you are you really going to be able to make the right decision in a health food store or a health shop somewhere? You know, you might get lucky, but a lot of times stuff slips through. So we make our own soap and shampoo. We make our own everything here. Wow. wow. Yeah. And it's epic. And, and by the way, on that little part of that little thing right there, we have, I mean, I'm just telling you from my experience, we have no idea what we lost. We have no idea what kind of trouble we're in because when you get back to the earth and you're living off the land and you live off your own land and the sweat of your own brow, it really is a level of something really important and significant and fulfilling. Yeah. Look, we made that personally, we made that transition uh, about 18 years ago. Um, partly out of, you know, attending some events, but then also um, Marie was having trouble, we were having trouble getting pregnant. So we started to clean our bodies up. and everything and it was was amazing. amazing. Like just an incredible. And we'd be waking up at like five o'clock in the morning, bouncing out of bed just with vitality because all that suppression stuff was gone. And I think, you know, for people listening, you've got to understand that we live within all these different systems and all the areas that David's been talking about, particularly food, but in all of them. And you've got to step outside of those systems to actually have a real look at how you're being manipulated and how you're being just part of a cog in a system across relationships, across food and health, across financial, across um, how you raise your kids, in education, in all these areas, it's all a system and it's not necessarily good for you. It's, you know, when I was very young, I was very, very fortunate. My neighbor, um, when I was a little kid, like from zero to 10 years old there in Seaside Heights, New Jersey, our neighbors were um, the, the matriarch of the family. They owned 20 ShopRite grocery stores in the state of New Jersey. And every day I'd come home from school and I'd go over there. I'd go over there like it was our house. You know, those two houses, I mean, back in the 70s, growing up in that environment, I'd walk into their house just like they'd walk into our house. Like it was open door. You know, there was no cell phones back in those days. You know, some of your young listeners. So you just would show up at someone's house or, you know, it was a totally different, you know, and a lovely world that we lived in back then. And, um, and she told me, she would, she would say, what did you learn in history class today? And be like, oh, we were talking about FDR, this, this, and that. You know, I'm like eight years old. She's like, let me tell you about FDR. And she would lay out, you know, the whole banking scam, the fiat currency, the nature of, of usury, interest banking. I mean, I was, I've been educated on that since I was seven years old. Um, so I, that's how I first became aware of like, oh, here's what corruption looks like. And so part of this, you know, is for you guys, for me, for all of us that are on the edge of, you know, opening people's consciousness, part of it is a very difficult break for people to get through, which is, you know, because we're so innocent and we're, you know, a lot of us are such loving people that we can't believe the level of corruption. It's hard to deal with it. 
and how that corruption in some way works together with other corruption. Totally. You know, and people call that a conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy. It's a consciousness of parasitism. It's a consciousness of evil or whatever, what do you want to call it? It's a type of consciousness. It's not working together. It just happens automatically because of that state of consciousness that one person has, it's trying to, you know, let's rip these people off over here. Another type of people over here. Let's, you know, let's make as much money as possible. And that consciousness works together indirectly, but in many ways in the same way. Absolutely. I mean, it's the ego working at a bigger scale across different systems. Okay, yeah. let's, you know, put them into a system. Let's go to school, come out. Okay, now you start to work. Now you get your 401k and you end up at the end of that life with not enough money to retire on. Oh, <laughs> hang on. Hmm. Plus, you know, at 60, at least 60% of us are going to have some chronic lifestyle related illness to have to deal with. So then we'll go into the medical system and feed that system right, with all the money that we've saved up in our 401k um, for the next 20 years. Yep. It's perfectly for the system and the businesses and all that, but it doesn't work for us. You've got to break away, people. You've got to break away. You've got to break out of the system. And, and one of the best ways to do that is it re, to develop a, a very strong ethic inside yourself to eat clean. Yes. To, to whenever you can grow what you can. Like some people are really good at growing kombucha cultures you know they're really good at kombucha and that's their thing so i'm really good at trees um basically you know what for vegetables i eat a lot of tree leaves for vegetables like noni leaf um katuk you know katuks can go up 20 feet into the into the jungle um we eat a lot of katuk leaf we eat a lot of edible hibiscus edible hibiscus becomes like a tree here yeah. um, I think but i'm a tree guy that. Yeah, I think when you start doing that, then, you, you know, when you start unhooking from the system, then you start meeting other people. So you start meeting friends and you do find your people. Yes. So for those people that want to start breaking away, you do meet your people. Yeah, you, you meet your community and that community is, is the best ever. It really is. You know, the and people you, have broken out of the system. Wonderful. And as you start to do that, it's also interesting, David, that as you start to eat healthy, it does shift your consciousness as well. And you meet the main tools. Sorry. It's one of the main tools. Yeah. Shifting your consciousness. It's why I got into it. Um, it, it, once you start eating differently, you start thinking differently, period. You go from junk food to wheatgrass juice. You're going to have different thoughts. I can guarantee you that. Um, I got a colonic. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I, I, I recommend that to everybody. I mean, I was, so this is, it's such unbelievably difficult thing sometimes because you're like there's your colon hydrotherapist you know you're you've got a tube in your butt that's basically (laughs) you know flushing water in and evacuating it out and you know and you're there with your colon hydrotherapist in this case it was a a young gal who i'd known for for many years and she'd she'd actually lived here for a period of time and um you know it's just it's it can be very uncomfortable but yet afterwards Man, I was 10 pounds lighter, a million times happier. It, we, the biggest problem of all, in my opinion, for sure, it's, big, it's bigger than anything. It's the cause of a lot of things, constipation. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's constipation. If you really look at like, what's the, like, okay, so my, my spy that I have in one of, my, one of the hospitals, and this, this woman's the head emergency room nurse. Wow. So I said, okay, people come in and I want you to poll them. And ask them how many times they're having bowel movements. Mm. Okay, guess what the answer is? Guess yeah. what the answer is? Less than one a day. Uh-huh. Less than one a day. It's actually once every three days. Wow. 
Now, when you really think about what that means, because like in our cases, I know for sure I'm having four, five, six bowel movements a day, especially yeah. when I'm home. Yeah. You know, most people are having at least one or two. Once every three days, that's going to cause a problem. It's going to cause a problem in your consciousness. Because totally. you're backed up and full of you know what. Yeah, absolutely. Your body's trying to hang on to that and process and, and keep all that crap and all the stuff that's leaching out of that the whole time into your body. Then your body has to cope with all that. Oh, my God. The cycle just goes on, right? It goes on. So the, just quickly changing subjects again to uh, going back to, you know, you as an entrepreneur, because I, I know you're passionate about this, but let's, for those that are entrepreneurs and, you know, coming down this path, how do you manage your relationship? How do you keep that functioning with you being so busy, you know, dealing with this, dealing with clients, dealing, dealing with all the stuff you have to deal with? How do you balance that in your, well, it's not even balance. How do you prioritize that in your life? Well, what, you? you know, I learned way back when, you know, from the Tony Robbins days and the super camp days mm-hmm. um, that you got to ask yourself better questions. So for example, like how can I get this job done and have the best day ever while I'm doing it? How could like, I've got to get a job done in the yard. So when I'm home, I got farming duties and it's every day and it's full tilt. Um, yeah. So I can bring my phone with me. Now you'll notice that how my phone is, you see how I don't have to actually hold my phone. Yeah. 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 So now the radiation for some of you um, engineers out there, the radiation decreases by the square of the distance. So the further you are away from your phone, the less in circuit you are with your phone and the less problems you have with your phone. Cause I know about me, I was having problems with my hands from holding the darn phone. Right. So I came up with that solution. So I can sit that phone right there. Boom. It sits right there. I'm chopping out in the yard. I'm farming, doing whatever I got to do, planting, sprouting something. And I can be talking to someone at the same time. I can be handling business at the same time. Right. So, so that came from asking the right question. So that's one of the best tools of an entrepreneur. Ask yourself a better question. How can I get this job done, handle this emergency, have the best day ever while I'm doing it, and also handle this other thing at the same time? Yeah. And, and, it, and handle the relationships in your life at the same time, right? And handle the relationships. It's all about, by the way, in my opinion, business is all about managing relationships. It's the yeah. number one skill. Totally. Totally agree. Totally agree. If, and, if you can't so, communicate, you know, you're in trouble. You know, if you can't get, uh, if you have a problem in your business and you're not communicating that to your people, you're in trouble. I've found over the years, this is great for entrepreneurs. This is the, I picked this up somewhere along the way and I found it to be true for me is the, the specificity of the messages that I send to my team has increased over the years. Right. Meaning explain that more David. Okay. So meaning that as an entrepreneur, you're going to have specific problems Mm -hmm. and in order to solve that problem, you want to communicate specifically and exactly and precisely what that problem is to the person on your team who can fix it so that they're not left guessing. They know exactly what the issue is. They know exactly where the problem is. And even today, it's amazing. You can screenshot a problem and send it over in addition to a very specific description or even film a video. Like, like, you know, one of my guys, Brandon, he's one of my favorite guys. This guy's unbelievable. Trinidadian, you know, I'd absolutely love, you know, from Toronto. I love Trinidadians. I love Trinidad. And, um, he's, he's like, he's, he's that guy. I can be like, okay, Brandon, we've got this specific problem. Let, let me lay out for you what I've tried. Here's what we, we need to try. Here's my screenshots of, of my process. Here's a small video. Boom. And from that pretty much 99% of the time he solved the problem. 
from love that process. I think that's great. I think that's awesome advice. You know, and it, it's that small stuff day to day that makes the difference to the end result. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the really important thing about business too is it, some people are such perfectionists that they, they get stuck on the runway. Um, so the old phrase from the old days that really helped me, and I put it in my books, was leap and the net will appear. you got to at some point go, I'm leaping. And right. your, your, your next book, David? What's, what's that? next? Yeah. Yeah. I've, got a, I've got a charcoal book very far along. Very okay. far along. I just worked on it yesterday. I'm really happy about that book. Um, I also have a book on color pigments. It's the most scientific and most extraordinary book ever written on that subject. It covers every single color pigment produced by nature and wow. organizes them and categorizes them. Such a book doesn't exist, by the way, interestingly. And that book has been sitting there since 2014. And I've been adding to it all along. Um, but that, that book will eventually come to fruition. And then after that, I think this book on scientism that I'm writing is going to be, I, I might just, just to like freak the trolls out and just to kind of freak that whole world of like people who believe in the system or whatever. Um, I think I'm going to put that book out there just as an experiment, just to see what happens when you, because this book will be the most controversial thing in, in print. No, without question, because what I'm doing is I'm identifying the people who are saying I'm scientific as actually being religious fanatics. They're not mm -hmm. actually scientific. They don't think scientifically. Yes. They're not using the scientific method. They're a believing in conclusions that are presented to them and ignoring contrary evidence. In fact, what one of the words I use for these kind of people is they're exclusionists. What data right. have you excluded today? Mm. Um, almost all our world of quote unquote science isn't really science. It's a bunch of religious fanatics who are excluding vast amounts of data to keep their belief system in place. They're materialistic, mechanistic, parasitic, pill for every ill, cut, burn, poison <laughs> theory, usury banking system, we could go um, big brother government system, whatever, we could go all day on those types of things. But it's that I concept of the mechanistic, materialistic, atheistic too. Yes. Which is, meaning that these people are not agnostic. Yeah. Like you no, and I are probably no, agnostic. No. We no, believe no. In there's, there's powers beyond us, of course. You know, it's just obvious. You set goals, you find out forces come to your aid that are inexplicable. It's obvious that there, there are powers greater than us. But to these people, there are not. There are mm -hmm. not. And I've learned that from, from trolling, from watching. Who are these people trolling me? What, what are they really, what's their thing? So they're actually, so this whole thing of religious fanaticism, like that we're out of it or we got past that stage, is yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's still, it's still all belief left. systems, right? It's still... It's, it doesn't matter what belief system you call or the name. So an agnostic is just adopting an agnostic belief system. We're, we're, so here's where I came to with all that. We're, I'm, I entertain possibilities. I'm trying to get out of all belief systems. Yeah. I'm going with probabilities and, and I'm entertaining probabilities and percentages based on, you know, essentially what is really the reality, which is the quantum reality of it's a statistic. Yeah. Infinite possibilities. It's a statistic of infinite possibilities. If I do X, Y, Z, I'm likely to get this result. Not every time, but I'm yeah. likely to get that result. And that's, that's an important and missing part of success theory as well. Like it. 
Totally. Right? It's you're basically if you're running your own business, what you're really doing is you're stacking the odds in your favor. You're gambling, but you're 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 the house. Yes. And usually the breaks are going to go your way. And I've gone long periods of time where the breaks went against me, and then all of a sudden it flipped and it went went my way. You know that happens too. And that's just that. how it is. I love that analogy. I think that's absolutely spot on. So that's so. What's the best? And I know you know it's always a bit of a cheesy question to ask, but if you had to give some advice to somebody on their health, what would it be? What would that piece of advice be? Number one piece of advice is nature's solution to pollution is dilution. Right. Drink more water. Lots more water. Three times the amount of water you're drinking right now for a while and really flush your system, yep. and then get away from it, really too much dense food. So raw food is very important. Fresh juices are very important. Blend A blended meal, like a blended superfood smoothie. Yes. Um, you take your favorite coconut water, a banana, blueberries, whatever, you know, it depends on the year. Let's say let's say it's winter. Let's, then we're going to go with chlorella, something that has a little bit of a superfood warming property, yep. and blend that right in there with, you know, maybe a little bit of kale or something, and boom, you got your little superfood smoothie, and that can be your whole meal instead of, you know, bread or meat or cheese or something. It's like bread, meat, and cheese. Cut those out for a while. Yeah. Look, you know, we, we have a green smoothie every morning, so we're, we're on board. We know what you're talking about. Totally agree with you. And, um, What's your advice on supplements? I rarely take supplements because I eat a lot of herbs and superfoods. I'd say mm -hmm. the number one supplements, in my opinion, are probably enzymes, probiotics. Yes. Um, so you're getting friendly bacteria. And I do take a lot of enzymes. That's probably the biggest supplement I take. I also take a lot of activated charcoal. Yes. Um, but to me, almost at this point, you know, how much activated charcoal I've been doing and how much of the carbon 60, this is the super charcoal. I don't know if you know that product right there. Right. Okay. This is, this is one of those that I put through inner origin because this is an inner origin type of product. Uh -huh. um, this is basically the fraction of charcoal that has the most detoxification power. Right. And it's carbon 60 molecule. And essentially what that does is it, if you really are on this, you know, like from the research in animals for sure, it extends life because essentially yeah. what gets us, in our life is an accumulation of toxins. We bathe in our own waste. That causes metabolic disorders. If we can get those wastes out, charcoal is one of the best ways to do that. Drinking lots of water is one of the best ways to do that. Sweating a lot is one of the best ways to do that. Colonic is one of the best ways to do that. If we're getting the waste out and getting the chemicals from our environment, environmental toxins out, and metabolic wastes out, we'll live on. We will live a long time. Yeah. I haven't got that from Inner Origin yet, but I will. And that's um, that's the one actually in your latest email that just came out the other day. Yeah, the carbon sixty. Yeah, yeah. This this is um, I this is amazing. I mean, I, over the years, because I've been on this product for four years, um, eventually, I had a business relationship for many years that finally we just went different directions. Yep. And that was Longevity Warehouse. I'm not with them anymore. I don't want to be with them anymore. I'm so glad to be apart from that business now. And and I thought after I left that whole situation, I was like, what do I really want to do? And I, this is what I've been doing for all these years. I was like, let me do this. I want to do this as my own product. I want to develop my own product in this category. And that's how this came. That's how the carbon 60 molecule came awesome. um, as a, my own product. And basically, you know, there you can see it right there. Yeah. Uh, you eat it like a food. This carbon sixty in olive oil because it's an oil soluble molecule. Okay. And, um, so people get in, get into the carbon sixty. Okay, that's the best advice. And research about it and find out the truth, which is 
you know, there's a major breakthrough occurred in our last 10 years, which is Fathi Moose's study on the prolongation of rats and mice's lifespans. Yes. And he doubled the lifespan of rats um, using the carbon 60 molecule. And his major presupposition hypothesis after five years in that study was it's because it detoxifies all tissue in the body better than anything else ever discovered. It's a super charcoal, basically. And, and that's so true, isn't it? Like most people won't take that time out. And it doesn't take a lot of time these days. Like just Google it. Just look it up. Don't take what David's saying. Check it out for yourself and then go check out the product because it, it's all there. It's not just it's you. There. There's solid research behind it. Yeah, and it, that's another – and so that's science, right? What science is is here's the studies. Come to your own conclusions. Yeah, yeah. exactly, right? It's, it's exactly the same in, in relationship. Like, check it out, people. 60% divorce rate. Um, check out Gottman studies, you know, five years on relationships. What actually happens in here and why does it break down? Because there's a whole dynamic between the masculine and feminine going on where he's blocking off, she's trying to talk, she's not feeling heard, and it all breaks down. This yep. is like you can research it yourself. You can find out and then you can go and observe it yourself. Just like I really, with the tree, right? You can go out there and look at it and go, there's the tree. That's what it's doing. It's pretty damn evident for yourself. You know, I, I'm good friends with John Gray many yeah, years. Okay. And, and in his books, one of the things that he's done very well is he's brought up certain things that like, you know, women think this way, men think that way. So for example, like his point system of like, hey, if you give your woman like flowers, yeah, yeah. that's like is equal to a trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and, and just that, you know, cause a man doesn't think that way. And just those little things of just a little bit of research over here, a little bit of research over there, pulling up a few studies over here just a few insights can radically improve your relationships. It's funny you say that. I've just got this video that's uh, like had a million views and I'm telling the story publicly, you know, at a talk around uh, our 20th wedding anniversary. And I took uh, Marie away to Shanghai, you know, the, the Paris of the Orient and, and, you know, first class or business class, uh, you know, trip and, and the whole thing, right? But at the same time, it was at the, uh, the time of the kids just going back to school and I had to organise for the uniform shop. Starting new schools, David, not just change, new schools, high school. Okay, yeah. So they had to, they had to be ready for yes, action. Yes. So I, I organised the uniform shop to be open on a Sunday with this, this dragon lady like that's really hard to deal with, okay? And she opened it on a Sunday. So, you know, a week away in Shanghai, business class trip, the whole thing. I got more points for the uniform shop than I got for Shanghai. And that, that video has gone viral, right? Everyone's going, oh, my God, I get it. Listen up, men, because men don't get that. But when you do get it, you really get something. And yeah. that's what I love about relationships today is that you can actually find out things that really took voluminous amounts of research before. And a lot of reading. And it's just, it's just right there. You know, it's just right there. You know, when you get this right, it doesn't matter what's happening anywhere. Um, You come home and this is good. Life is good. You know, it it, it blows my mind when people come home into like a, like a chaotic relationship of attack, criticism. I mean, that just, I, that is one of those things. I'm like, no wonder people can't succeed in their lives. Yeah. It's, it's like you're so right? great about that. When you have got that connection and there's love in the home and there's, there's not this thing of like, I'm leaving tomorrow or all that chaos of breakup or even threatening breakup. 
Yes. It is amazing what happens. I take it for granted at this point. I'm very happy here. You know, we have a wonderful life here in my house. Um, and, and we have wonderful people that stay here with us and, and we just don't have any of that kind of stuff going on in the home whatsoever. So I've been many years away from it, but when I was a child and my parents were fighting, it was the worst. Yes. It really and, was the worst. And there's nothing, there's nothing worse in terms of conditioning, um, you know, being in that environment because then you have to like spend the next 10 years undoing that conditioning and what you've been in. So that's why we're so passionate about relationships. It's not just this, it's passing that down generationally, you know, and sure. stopping that shit from being passed down and getting to a balance across all areas of life. Um, we've got a saying, you know, two's more powerful than one because when you've got each other's support, no matter what you're doing in your life, you just get there twice as fast. And it's interesting, Debbie, you know, as you come down this, this journey of waking up and getting healthier in body, mind and spirit, you, you naturally start to find this information. It comes up for you. It's readily available. And it's almost like it starts to attract itself to you. It's like a magnet, you know, with, with metal shavings. It sort of starts pulling itself to you and you find all this stuff and you're going, oh, my God, why didn't I know this stuff 20 years ago? Right, exactly. And see, this is the thing that I learned back way back when. If you read a lot of books and you start studying and you stay in that mode of studying, you can actually save time. Yes. So you can learn in two years what would have taken 20 years. Yeah. This, is the, this is the great magic of learning. And, and I always take every single night, I'll take some time for my own personal learning. Um, many times it's two hours, at least an hour. Yeah, um, but sometimes some days it can be longer and you know again asking the right questions I could be doing work downstairs you know I've got a um, nice workbench down there where I can do you know plumbing or whatever I have to do and I can be listening to podcasts and getting the messaging that can you know you so you're you're knocking down six coconuts with one stone as we like to say over here in Hawaii yeah totally and, and do you meditate David is that an important part of your your daily regime or your weekly I'm a drummer, so my meditation is right here. So awesome. I'm I'm this guy. I've been studying. Yeah, you know, the great drummers of the world in the evenings, and then playing for ten minutes, an hour, two hours, six hours, depending on what that day you know brings. And so that's my meditation is playing music. Awesome. Um, totally get it. I spent years, um, you know, doing the Buddhist thing, uh, doing the Vipassana meditation, and all of that. And, and the more that I became aware, I finally, finally came to the conclusion it doesn't matter what you're focusing on. If you're in that state of just focusing and detuning and disconnecting from all this, from the matrix, then that's meditation. It, I agree with that completely. I, I feel, I mean, I'm just so glad. I, I really recommend for anybody listening, stay with your instrument. Don't give it up. Don't let it go. I stayed with the drums all these years, even though it was a very difficult instrument for me to learn. It's still a difficult instrument. I'm learning all, new stuff all the time. I've been at it for 30 years. Um, but, w but when I'm in it and I'm really in it, there's no better thing there in the world. I mean, it's, it's like relationships. It's like you're in the bosom of that love and you're connected to the source of all. And it's with music because it's real time. You have to like, you're the drummer. You have to be in time. You're in the music. You're inside of it. You're pulling the bassist over here. You're pulling the guitarist over here, the singer. You're speeding them up or slowing them down. you got to pull all that together and link it so it's you're completely in the now. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's it. You're completely in the now. And that's, that's the key to it, isn't it? It so is. We, we have covered, I, I think we've covered every subject we could possibly cover in, in this one hour. So I have to thank you like so much, one, for taking time out of what I know is a very busy life. So we really appreciate it. We, we value your time. So thank you so much for being here with us. Much love, much peace to you. And uh, just love your work. Thank you so much. Thanks for appreciating and loving you guys. That was a wonderful conversation. See you at Australia. Have the best day ever in Los Angeles. Yeah, thank you so much. And I'm sure we'll see you in another Inner Origin event very soon. Okay, fantastic. Aloha. Okay. Love from Hawaii. Mahalo.